And yes, God, we do bring ourselves to you. Our full hearts, our full lives, our hurts, knowing that you can transform those places. Our hearts, knowing that you offer the promise to us to make each one of us new creations, your own people, draw us closer to your heart today that we might fully see what our lives can be through you. Amen. I don't think I was fully prepared for Brokeback Mountain. I waltzed in there like I do for most movies, knowing there's going to be some tough moments, but really thinking I would come out of it, thinking that was good. (laughs) Move on with my life. Rather, I was left speechless for two hours. I dreamed the movie as I slept that night. And the next day, I had a retreat to lead and found it very difficult to stay focused on the task at hand. I I kept seeing Jack and Ennis's faces. And I kept seeing their wives. And, and, and what I saw were these incredibly strong people, broken by life, broken over time. I heard Ennis say, I feel caught in my own loop. I heard Ennis say, if you can't fix it, you just got to live with it. I heard Jack say, I wish I could quit you. Being the fix-it type person that I am, (laughs) I I, I kept wanting to to jump into the screen. I I, I kept wanting to to, to rewrite the script. As I was watching the the movie, the line kept going through my my head, They, they, they think they're cursed. They think they have no options. They think they have no choices. When Ennis stood there in that small Methodist church to marry his wife, I found myself saying, don't, don't do it. You're going you're to hurt everybody. I, I found myself wondering What if Jack and Ennis and the people involved in this story had heard a different message? What if there had been a place like resurrection in their lives? Now, they had their church experiences. Ennis was a Methodist, Jack a Pentecostal. But somehow in their lives, they had missed the message that indeed, Their feelings were feelings of blessing and not feelings of being cursed. Somehow they they didn't get that picture. As I've thought more about it, it's it's occurred to me that this whole idea of Brokeback is not limited to Jack and Ennis and their families. But there are many to this day still living in that kind of place. 
And most of us, if we look close enough into our own hearts, we'll see that we still have those broke back places, those places of fear, those places where if we're really pressed to the wall and taken to that point of honesty, we feel that something in us must be a little bit cursed, something not quite right. Those places in ourselves of inaction. Even this morning, someone is sitting at this moment at Starbucks or Diedrich's and feeling guilty for where they were last night. Wondering if they're okay. Broke back. I cannot rewrite the script. But we can together rewrite our scripts. We can together offer some powerful alternatives. Jack and Ennis, their story is written, but ours is still being written. And that second scripture today says that we are called to live from the inside. Living from the outside, trying to please other people, living by appearances, it's deadly. The first scripture today talks about the power of being new creations. It means there is always an opportunity to rewrite the story. Broke back. Just before I left for Israel, the pastor of a large church, another denomination, another city, was here in Houston on business and asked if he could meet with me. He's at the peak of his career. His church is growing, building a, building a new building. He's married, has children. And yet he feels trapped because all these years of building that church, he's been destroying his own life by living a lie. So we sat in my office. I talked to him about the ways he could rewrite history, the way that hope was still a possibility. And he said, I just don't see how I can make those changes. There's there's just too much at stake. My church and my family. And I'm thinking, yeah, there's a lot at stake. Like, your own soul? That's what was going through my head. Your own soul? At one point, he, he just looked around my office and he said, I feel safe at this moment for the first time in years. And I wish I could just stay right here in your office and never leave. But he had to go back. I've not heard from him since. I'm not sure if I will. I hope so. Because I believe in a God of hope. I think the stories that, that, that sadden me the most are those stories of people who grow up in the church and as children feel that incredible sense of blessing, who know that love. But then as they grow through life and discover their identity, suddenly feel that what they once thought was a blessing is a curse. The good news is we were baptized too. We were baptized too. And we deserve that same blessing. 
and yet we struggle for the blessing. I'd like to share with you the story of Marilyn in her own words. Marilyn who speaks of her baptism. She thinks back and describes it this way. On a crisp Dakota Sunday morning, tightly wrapped against the November cold, I was carried off to church to be the delight of the baptizing family of God. Cheery smiles and wiggling fingers greeted my arrival on this important day. The hymns sounded for me the story of God's love, of the Savior's compassion. I was in the house of unconditional love, the church bundled in joy and expectation. The pastor's strong arms kept me safe, and the pastor's voice spoke of God's blessing. I was baptized. My brothers and sister stood proudly showing off their baby sister. Another child promised to God. Another reminder of God's grace for all. Thirty-two years later, I remember my baptism. The church does not. Why else would it deny me my identity? Why else would it so adamantly preach, don't ask, don't tell? To the church, GLBT people are not Christians first and foremost, but decadent, unfaithful perverts set out to destroy the fabric of society. Oh, many of us become established in the faith. We're baptized. Then we become cynical and skeptical in the faith, as well as distrustful, paranoid, intimidated, torn, fearful, and silent. The silence? The silence is suffocating. The, the silence is so loud that sometimes I cannot even hear the voice of God. The silence becomes so loud that I can no longer hear the proclamation of grace for me. The silence roars over the words offered as I receive the body and blood of Christ. The silence begs me with church-sanctioned fear to stay quiet, to remain hidden, to avoid inviting shame. So many today are sitting in their home churches, looking like they're a part of the body of Christ, yet spiritually and internally and even practically excluded. That's why there needs to be a place like Resurrection MCC, a place beyond Brokeback. A place where people can be real and grow and say, we are not cursed, but we are blessed. We are God's children and we are baptized too. And our baptism will stand for all eternity. Who are we? We are loved and beloved. We are not damned, but graced. We are not cursed, but blessed. That's who we are. There's at least somewhere in this city where people stand 
for grace undenied and undefiled by bigotry, ignorance, or our greatest call as a church is to claim that full blessing. To work towards our faith faithfully enough that there is no vestige of curse left. And the good news is we do have those who are supporting us in our claim to the blessing. One of these is Archbishop Desmond Tutu who calls for the full inclusion of all GLBT people who calls for that blessing to be multiplied. I'd like to share with you Archbishop's, Archbishop Tutu's words in his own words, Reverend Tracy. We make them doubt that they are the children of God, and this must be nearly the ultimate blasphemy. We blame them for something that is becoming increasingly clear they can do little about. We claim that sexuality is a divine gift which, used properly, helps us to become more fully human. Why don't we use the same criteria to judge same-sex relationships that we use to judge whether heterosexual relationships are wholesome or not? I am deeply disturbed by these inconsistencies. Can we act quickly to let the gospel imperatives prevail as we remember our baptism and the baptism of God's GLBT children? Thank you, Archbishop Tutu. (laughs) There is incredible, incredible hope. We have a God who seeks to move into all the broken, broke-back places in our heart and give us a broke-back breakthrough, a movement forward, a movement towards life. And our scriptures today give us a direction on how to get there. The second scripture today from Matthew just simply calls us to be a people who live from the inside. The inside out. A people who listen to that voice of God. That voice that Jesus heard when he was baptized that said, You are my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. That same voice is available to us. You are my beloved children with whom I am well pleased. I often wonder how Jesus was able to be so faithful in his ministry. He faced his own broke-back moments. That moment when he was betrayed by Judas. That moment when he was attacked by religious authorities. That moment when his own disciples despaired and wouldn't go with him any longer. That moment when his disciples tried to pull him off his task. And I wondered, what was it in Jesus that gave him that capacity to move past the broke-back places in his life? What was it that gave him the courage to say to Peter, Peter, get behind me, Satan. Get behind me and don't hold me back. 
How could Jesus do that? How could Jesus spend those 40 days in the wilderness? Those 40 days in the desert? Those 40 days in dry places? Those 40 days when he hungered for bread and only found rocks? How did Jesus make it through? He made it through the same way we can make it through. He lived from the inside. And there was only one voice in his life that he gave power. And that was the voice he heard at his baptism. That voice that broke through heaven and said, you are my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. He lived from the inside so those outside voices could not bring him down. Those outside voices could no longer curse him. So who are we going to listen to when we hear voices say, you don't deserve to be married? When we hear those voices that say, faggot. When we hear those voices that say, you're going to hell. Those voices that say, you are a sinner. Will we really hear that voice we heard at our baptism? You are my beloved sons and daughters. And with you I am well pleased. And to you I do not speak curse but blessing. How do we get off broke back? How do we get the broke back breakthrough? We live from the inside. Then secondly, we remember that the past is gone and we are new creations and God is always doing something new. Every time we breathe in the Spirit of God, we are breathing in that new life. And that's why that first scripture today from 2 Corinthians is so beautiful and so powerful. I'd like us to hear it with a little bit different translation. This is an adaptation of the message Listen to these powerful, powerful words of blessing, for our hope is here. Now we look inside, and what we see is that anyone united with Christ gets a fresh start, is created new. The old life is gone, a new life blossoms. Look at it, all this comes from God. Become friends with God. God's already a friend with you. From curse to blessing. God's doing something new. Become friends with God because God is already friends with you. How powerful is that? And how hopeful is that? I have a dream, a vision, and a prayer. And that is that every person who walks through these doors would know that they have entered a place beyond Brokeback. That they would know this is a place where lives are transformed and dreams become reality. A place where people who feel they have no options discover that there are lots of options. My prayer is that when people enter this place, they will know this is not a place of disgrace, but a place of amazing grace. When they enter this place, they will know this is not a place of condemnation, but a place of communication.
When people enter this place, they will know this is not a place of hopelessness, but a place of hope. When people enter this place, they will know this is not a place of fear, but a place of courage. When people enter this place, they will know this is not a place of curse, but a place of blessing. A place beyond broke back. If you're comfortable, take the hand of someone nearby as we go to our God in prayer. God of grace and power and love and beauty, thank you that you are a God constantly rewriting our stories the minute we give our stories to you. I pray, God, that you would indeed make this a place. A place of hope and grace and new life and new possibility and new dreams. But but even as we give that challenge and that hope to you, seeking our part in it, we pray even this morning for those who have yet to find this place and to find you. For those this morning who are trapped in marriages that are lies, where the wife and the husband and the children are all being impacted and wounded. We, we pray for those very real families this morning. And we pray for those people who feel they have no options, those people who feel they're trapped in whatever situation they might find themselves in, those people who are living in those don't ask, don't tell sort of places. Speak to them even this morning. And and somehow just impress on their hearts that there is a church somewhere praying for them. We give all of this to you, knowing that you are the enough God. That you give us the capacity to live from the inside and to become the new creations you're calling us to be. Jesus Christ, giver of grace, have mercy on us as individuals. Jesus Christ, giver of grace, have mercy on this your church. Jesus Christ, giver of grace, have mercy on your world. And hear the prayers of your people who pray. Amen.